0: Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Tuesday morning. Glad y'all could wake up and join me and uh, we get our day going in the right direction and uh, pray that the Lord will use us in a mighty way. Whatever mistakes you've made yesterday, guess what? Lord's granted you another day to start over, to start anew. And so let's just give it the best we can today. And uh, so don't let the old devil try to... Uh, you a hard time for whatever mistakes you've made yesterday or the day before or years past. You're forgiven and you're a new creation. So praise God for that. Alright, see so we got watching this morning here. We got Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Tracy Little, Terry Irick Webb, Rusty Poss, Donna Taylor, Darlene Barker, Angel Dixon, Mike Hensley, Brandy Boyd Young, uh, Christy Ollis, and Michelle Fox Harris, the myth, the legend that is Miss Mousy And Kelly Jeanette Swift, and I hope Kelly's feeling better today. I know she's been sick and hope she's doing well. So we have missed her at the church. All right, my friends, at this time, we're going to do our Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag, the Christian flag, and to the Bible this morning. So if you are able and can, let us stand. Place your hand over your heart and attention, salute, pledge. All right, here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag, and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty to all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All right, praise the Lord for that. Wonderful pledges that we get to say each and every morning, and uh, praise God for it. Terry Hutchison, Karen Smith, appreciate you folks tuning in. You know, I, uh, of course, you know, I always watch the news and have to do my little uh, political <laughs> intro before we get into the devotions. You know, it's it's uh, laughable, uh, the lunacy that is running the asylum <laughs> of our country. And uh, showing him this morning, uh, Biden talking about how he's going to tolerate bullies. And he's going to fire those bullies, but yet he's calling uh, Peter Ducey a SOB and... Uh, uh, hollering at people and bullying a reporter. I mean, you know, it's just, if Trump was doing these things, they would be going ballistic, you know. It's amazing how he can call and belittle uh, someone by calling him an SOB, but yet his son is the most smartest man alive. <laughs> you know, you are got a meth head that guys uh, impregnated his brother's wife and been with hookers oh I he's mean, just come on guys it's just the they're the morality of an alley cat uh it's just uh nauseating i mean it's absolutely nauseating on the brink of world war three and they would put us in world war three to detract from uh what uh, their agendas are and what they're trying to do i mean that's what sad is they, they would literally do that uh the fact they're sending troops over there uh iran's on the verge of nuclear capabilities uh, it, uh, it it looks a bit grim <laughs> but uh we know who, who's in control we know the lord sovereign but they were also talking about down at the border you know i don't want to seem unsympathetic you know one of the things that they were talking about this morning uh was the plight of uh, you know it's, it's it's heart-wrenching uh when you see one-year-olds and five-year-olds by themselves i i uh i don't care you know i know there are cultural differences and when I was in my graduate studies, uh, when I was working on my doctorate up in uh, Indiana, you know, one of the things we really discussed was cultural diversity. And we had a lot of uh, uh, South Koreans and uh, that attended uh, up there. And, uh, you know, when it comes to culture, you know, of course, that could be, you know, depending on where you're at. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a certain, uh, you know, ethnic group, uh, country. Uh, it could be right here in our own, uh, nation you know because how people think and act up north is completely in contrast on how we think and act down here in the south and uh, so there's there's like cultural differences even in that aspect but i don't understand how i don't care where what strata society you're at what country you grow in how in the world any parent could let loose a one-year-old and a five-year-old to track across by themselves i don't get it i don't understand it and i will not ever understand but uh talking about all these little girls being sexually abused young as 12 years old being raped and it's just it's horrifying you know and these people who are desperate for a better life i don't blame them you know if you grew up in poverty stricken situations under oppression you know you, you would do everything you could to get to a better place i don't i don't Blame them for doing that. My problem is, is it's not that I don't want to help those in need. Uh, obviously, that's what we are, we need to do, particularly as Christians. Is that it's a it's a matter of protection. Uh, you know, we need to make that's why we have to have closed borders to protect our country from those who wish to destroy it. The sad thing is, we got those in office who wish to destroy it from within. Now that's even worse. But we got to keep. We have to vet these individuals. And have proper ways to enter our country. That's why we have certain laws, immigration laws, to to come in uh, the right way so we keep those who wish to destroy us out. And the sad thing is, predominantly, you have rapists, murderers, uh, (laughs) drug dealers, uh, those are the ones who are infiltrating our country. And uh, getting in here, and not to mention, uh, you have these thousands and thousands a day coming over. Our infrastructure can't handle what we have now. We have poverty-stricken people right here in our own area that need help. And you, you, there's no way that our economy can sustain the, the rate of individuals. They said that uh, Border Patrol is nothing more but a concierge service. They're not allowed to touch them. They're not allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to stop them but to point them where to go to more or less check in. It's it's a sad state of affairs, guys. And it's I'm telling you, crime rates are going to skyrocket. Things are going to get worse. It really is. But um, that's why we got to stay true, stay the course, and keep our eyes on the Lord and just realize that, hey, Lord's coming soon. And I don't know about you all. I don't want to sound like a defeatist, but I'm looking forward to when Christ will rapture us out of this cesspool. I'll be tickled to death. So all right, my friends, let's go ahead and look at our uh, verse of discussion this morning. John chapter six, verses five through six. Lifting up his eyes, then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread? so that these people may eat. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. All righty. You know, when we look at this, uh, this passage of Scripture here. Of course, we, you know, uh, I don't want to take for granted. You know, sometimes like verses like this, you know, uh, uh, to me it's uh, a, a very uh, familiar passage of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And, you know, I don't want to take for granted that, uh, well, you know, you know what this is talking about. You know, I don't know those who are watching on here, and some I may do, but I don't know your background as far as to what you know and what you don't know. You know, I used to, I took for granted that there were certain parts of the Bible that people just, they knew. I guess, you know, when we grew up in the Bible Belt, of course, you know, I I went to Tri-City Christian School up till uh, high school, and that's when I went to Daniel Boone. And so a lot of stuff I grew up with, of course, being in a predominantly Christian home, my father being a pastor and uh, being brought up in the church, you know, I, I there was things that I was just took for granted that people knew. And it really the Internet, social media really opened my eyes to the fact of how many people have no absolute clue whatsoever when it comes to anything about the Bible, anything about Jesus Christ. I had never grew up in church you know used to you know when i was debating and talking to people i thought they were being smart Alex. you know i thought oh, come on you know what this means you know and i was getting angry i thought you're just being a jerk and then and then i felt bad because you know kind of find out they literally had zero knowledge of anything pertaining to the scripture or the bible and what they were just doing is parroting. What they heard others have said online, or what they've read on uh, internet, uh, the interwebs there. But uh, and so we need to be very careful about that. That you know, particularly as Christians, particularly if you're a seasoned Christian, to take for granted that people just have this general knowledge of things. So I try to be very careful about that and approach this in a way as if you have never heard this. That's why I try to approach when I'm preaching or teaching as if you have never ever heard these things, and I try to 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 do it in a way. As if I was trying to explain it to my kids. Not that I'm trying to talk down to you. That I'm way up here superior. No, I'm an idiot. So I, you know, I've I've always been average. You know, you talk about the if you look up the checklist of the average person, I pretty much hit them all. But um, it's not that I'm trying to talk down to anybody. It's just I tried to talk it talk. I tried to speak in a way that uh is uh, well not only that a seven-year-old could understand but a 70 year old can understand i hope that makes sense it's not about trying to dumb anything down or talk down anybody i just want to explain it in a way that's understandable for no matter what age you're at or where you ha- whether you've been brought up in church or not so when you look at a verse like this for a lot of us this is a or not a, again here i go it may not be for a lot of us but for some of us this is a familiar passage of scripture. And uh, of course, you know they had this mass of individuals uh, that were hungry. Need to be fed. Hey, the side was like, man, turn them away. You know, tell them to go get them something to eat, and they come back or something later. You know, as you know, I. I would probably, I would have done the same thing, you know. Here we got all these people, and we can't feed these people, you know. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, we need to tell them to, to hit the bricks, and and uh, you need some rest. Tell them to go on down the road, but Jesus knew what he had to do, and that's why he was testing them and he was looking at them, you know. And here this kid comes in with the uh, loads of fishes, and man, he he's like go and feed them. And I'm sure the disciples were like, "Uh, you see what's here, and you see what's out there. <laughs> you know, it might as well be twenty thousand people, you know." You're like. Uh, I don't think it's going to work, but of course Jesus makes this uh, wonderful miracle that not only were the people, everybody there, was able to be fed, but there was food left over. You know, uh, because his point was not so much feeding them physically as it was that he's trying to minister to them spiritually. He's seen that these people were in need, and you know that's what we have to do is look around. Uh, jennifer corbin says i have students here every year that don't even know who jesus is and so and jennifer you're right that's the sad thing now let me stop here i'll get back to what somebody was second just to point out what jennifer's saying here in her comment uh that's that's the sad thing to know who jesus is uh i've told you all before well i've made missions before i don't know how many of you all here listening has, has heard me tell the story but uh where me and brandy i hate going yard selling i'd rather just somebody just stick a pencil through my eardrum as to go yard selling but so occasionally i'll i'll ride with brandy sit in the car and she goes and looks but uh, on this one occasion i got out with her and uh, literally there was the neighborhood across the street from our church or i mean so it was like it was like way far away i mean literally across from our church and we invited this woman to our church and she said well i've been thinking about this and my daughter's like 10, 12 years old, somewhere like that, it might have been 13. So I've never, ever took her to church. She's never been uh, never been to church before. And I was like, almost floored. I was like, oh, my gosh, how do you, you know, I. but it goes back. It's indicative to those who don't find church important, don't really find it relevant. Praise God, it was at a time when we was having our harvest party, and I did see her there, and she did bring her daughter. So that was a great thing uh, that uh, she actually did make the effort to bring her to that and hopefully you know we's able to uh give out a hand out a track or something i was able to go over the plan of salvation to her but uh but it is jennifer that's a sad thing and what's bad is you can't even bring it up in school or you're looking for a lawsuit but that's one thing i do miss about uh being a substitute teacher uh i wish my health was at a area where See my my uh, my immune system was severely compromised, and so I had to be very very careful, and I get sick very easily. And uh, but there was a time when I was able to do that, and uh, that's one thing I loved about my my tattoos, man, because them kids saw that. Well, you can really there we go, twist my arm around here. <laughs> kids would see those tattoos, and of course I got that with the uh, well, you can't see it either with the uh, Trinity on it. And those kids will see it, and they say, What's that? What's those tattoos? And oh, I loved it because, see, they were asking me. And I said, I would say loudly, uh, I want to tell you about Jesus. Is that a problem? And nobody ever said anything. I said, Okay. So I get to go over the plan of salvation with this tattoo. <laughs> and so, and then I get to go over the Trinity with his tattoo. And I was more or less having a Bible study right there in that school. And because, see, if they asked me, Hey, it's out of my hands, end you know. So, to be honest with you, I didn't really care anyway. They, could, uh, you know, I was going to talk about the Lord. If I if the Lord laid it on my heart, I'd get up there and preach to all of. Them if I felt the need, I didn't really give a rat's ear what the school system thought. But anyway, <laughs> but that's because you know I was a substitute teacher. You know, I, I wasn't my my. I could I could get away with stuff like that. But going back to our our passage this morning, you know, but Jesus here, he was testing uh, them. Uh, disciples and uh, because he knew what he was going to do and uh, and he, he was uh, trying to make the point that these people need help uh, spiritually and we need to you know there's people out there you know as I was talking about the um, uh, those trying to cross the border yes we need to show mercy uh, to the poor we needed help and that's why I said our country uh, the United States is probably the most benevolent country in the world and helps many many nations and, uh, and it as bad as the programs are uh, you know i feel like they could be a lot better in helping particularly in foster care helping the poor and what's bad is though a lot of the poor uh, they know the system you know they've grew up in it there's generations of this but the bad thing is the way the system's set up if you it, it, they don't make it a way for people to succeed you know if you re- get to a certain level well, they take away your support well you take away that uh, that support then they can't no longer sustain to live, so they have to drop back down to that level to get that support back so they can ever get out of it. That's the bad thing. They need to fix it away to where it's uh, ladder or staggered to where they could start making better for themselves and then gradually remove that government support to where they start succeeding. But So people get discouraged, and so they just stay in the system. But in regards to us spiritually... All right, now we're talking about us spiritually here as Christians. Uh, I I know I read to you guys, and I'm sorry, but there's points that need to be said uh, that uh, are important to drive home what we're talking about, uh, whether I'm teaching or preaching on Sunday or Wednesdays or in the morning. But um, uh, Evangelist Ray Comfort helps people to see their need for Christ by walking them through some God's commands that they have broken. He asks, have you ever lied or stolen anything? Yes. What do you call someone who lies and steals? A liar and a thief. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. The Bible calls that blasphemy. So you're saying that you're a liar, a thief, and a blasphemer. Have you ever been angry with anyone? Yes, many times. Jesus said that God views such anger as murder. Have you ever looked on someone with lust? Yes, of course. Jesus said that to do so is to commit adultery in God's sight. So you're saying that you're a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, a murderer and a multiple adulterer. How do you think it will go when you stand before the Holy God at that at the judgment? It's the it's only when people see how spiritually needy they are that they will cry out to Jesus to save them. See, that's the thing it is. We need to we're, we're spiritually needy. You know, even those uh, we we can focus on the lost in the world, and they do need the Lord, and they do need salvation, and they do need to understand what what Christ has given, what God has done for them by sending His only Son, and explaining uh, eternal life to them, and explaining how Jesus can save them from eternal hell. That all that is true. We need to do that, but as Christians. Remember, it doesn't stop there. I think sometimes when we when people get saved, it's, it's kind of the idea of now what? Now what do I do? That's when the journey begins. That's when the path starts, and that's when we have to start working daily. And That's when we're looking at this that we are spiritually needy, and that's why we need Jesus Christ. And those in the world, that's why they need to say, "Jesus, save me." You know, that that's the problem with too many. Uh, churches that I've, I've talked about before, that it's just, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. I uh, uploaded a meme, and y'all may have seen the meme. Uh, that I, actually, my professor from uh, uh, Grace College, want one shared it, uh, he's from Romania, and he was talking about how cold it was uh, the other day uh, in Indiana. And he said, somebody said, move to California. <laughs> I like what he said. He said, he said uh, I've already escaped socialism once. I ain't going back to it. I thought that was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, he shared this, and, and I reshared it. He said, the greatest threat to biblical Christianity today is not, is not atheism, militant Islam, the sexual revolution, or a hostile public square. The greatest threat to biblical Christianity today is weak Soft, man-centered, sin-affirming, ear-tickling, flesh-pleasing, self-help theology. And see, that's the problem. See, people are not getting conviction of understanding that they are in need of a Savior. See, you you read this here that he's reading from uh, Comfort here, that uh, uh, all these things that cry out that they are in need of a Savior. And it's areas in our lives that we have to work on each and every day. We're never so so spiritually superior that, oh, I'm above all those things. But if you think that, you're going to fall flat on your face. It is a spiritual journey. It is work. That's why when I opened this morning, You know, I mess up every day, every single day of my life. The devil is just attacking. People don't realize... Well, there's a pastor See, you know, I've made this scenario before of, of is, you know, when I get up here, to speak and preach, it's like getting in a boxing ring and I'm telling you, the devil is, I mean, he is just, you know, trying to throw some good punches there, but praise God, he's beside me and he protects me and he defends me, but he attacks my family. He attacks me. It's spiritual, mental. It is just uh, the attacks do not stop coming. And I'm telling you it just wears you out to the point sometimes you're thinking, man, I just sometimes like just giving up, you know, it's just very hard. But I have to stay the course because of what I've been called to do, and you've been called as a Christian. And just because you're a Christian, don't mean you're not going to be getting some punches, get the fiery darts thrown at you as well. And that's why we have to. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus Christ to help us to endure, to help us to persevere, to keep pushing forward day after day without giving up. You know, sometimes people question themselves: Well, am I uh, uh, saved or not? If you were not saved, you could care less. You would not be convicted of your sins. You would just go on about your business. Go right back into the world and do everything you you wouldn't even bat an eye. But the fact that you are convicted, that you are concerned, and that you're trying proves that you have committed yourself to Christ, and that you because you have that desire, you have that drive to serve an Almighty God. So don't ever question. See, the devil wants to throw that out. Well, if you were saved, you wouldn't have done this. If you were saved, you wouldn't have said this. If you were saved, you would have thought that. He wants to give you that doubt. Don't give into that seed of doubt. Because if you are saved and you know in your heart you're saved, and you know that, hey, when I mess up, I know I messed up. I'm sorry, Lord. Help me to do better. If you wasn't saved, you wouldn't even care. But we are in need of a Savior. And we do understand that... Uh, 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 I lost my, also my I was looking at something here. By the time I'm about to say something, but Jesus is saying here that we are in need. These people are in need spiritually. We are in need spiritually uh, every day. That's why we have to. That's why I pray every day, Lord, renew me, fill me with Your Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do uh, each and every day. And uh, but you know, that's one of the great thing about this is that. Um, God always meets our needs, whether spiritually, mentally, physically, God meets our needs. You know, there's so many times that uh, I've worried about things, and God provides every single time. You know, God's like, you don't need to worry. I'm here. I want to protect you. I want to get you through this. But yet, you know, as humans, uh, you know, oh, ye of little faith, you know, sometimes we mess up and uh, don't always uh, uh, have the faith that we need to. But uh, um, I want to read something else real quick. Um, I can't remember what it was now. I was gonna read you one other little thing here. Uh maybe this was it here. Uh no. I can't remember what it was now. There was one other thing I was wanting to hit on, but I can't remember what it was now. I apologize. But we need to make sure that we are concerned for needy people, whether spiritually or physically, as Christians, make sure we're meeting those needs. You know, I've been trying to think of new ministries and outreaches for the church. And I've been really thinking about trying to reach out to those in juvenile detention centers and maybe trying to figure out a way to reach these kids. I don't I'm still trying to think of ways to do that. But, uh, you know, God's going to, you know. They want to make you feel inadequate. They want to make you feel like you can't achieve. But God provides those resources. He gives you, he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glories. And uh, praise God for that. And uh, that goes back to Philippians four nineteen, by the way, uh, when I said that. But praise God that he is sufficient, that he loves us, and uh, he's going to take care of us. Uh, you know, we see uh, sometimes that... Uh, Just like there were about 5,000 people and a small amount of food. Sometimes our problem seems overwhelming. And we see that we have such a small supply of uh, ability to take care of those needs. But praise God that He supplies and He gives and He gives and He doesn't give up, and uh, He is always there to supply and help us. And so many times we feel like giving up, we feel like that we can't do this, we can't go on, uh, you know. And uh, but God gives us that strength, and that's why we have to seek Him daily. We have to seek Him daily, guys. Every single day, seek Him. And, you know, remember, if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. I don't know how long I have to live on this earth. You know, sometimes I wonder, it'd be great to kind of know uh, when I'm going to die. You think, oh, my gosh, why would you want to know that? But, you know, if you knew how much time you had left, you kind of, you know, you you might be more eager to get things done, get things more accomplished, to love a little more, to be a better person, to be closer to the Lord when you know uh, that last day is going to pop up. But that's why I close every day with live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Because you don't know when that day is going to be your last. I don't have a clue. I may live to be a hundred and five years old. I don't know, uh, or I may live to be fifty-five years old. I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, I don't have no clue how long I've got on this earth, and you don't either. So realize, don't let those things in this world to overwhelm you. These things that are temporary to overwhelm you, uh, the thing, the material wants to overwhelm you. Understand that God's going to meet those needs, and we'd have to trust in Him. And let's let's work on ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You know, a lot of times people are so obsessed with being in relationships. You know, they want to be with somebody, they want to be loved, and that's fine. That's right. You know, uh, there's a reason why God created man and women. You know, He realized it's not good for man to be alone. I understand that loneliness is not you know, fun. But understand, you need to take care of yourself first, all right? And what and what I mean by that, you need to work on your relationship with Jesus Christ first. Once that's cultivated and developed, then God will put the right person at the right time and the right place in your life when it's necessary. And just like it may be uh, with jobs or, or whatever it is you're going through, Take care of the small things first, and then God. When you're ready, God will give you larger things uh, that He knows that you can handle. But we've got to trust in Him daily, and it's tough, and it's hard, and we want to wring our hands and we want to worry. But realize that God is in control, and He's going to take care of you. So understand that. But uh, Debbie says uh, he's our constant companion, and will never leave our side. He will guide us until we die. Good, good wording there, Miss Debbie Jackson. Sip appreciate those kind words that's true he's always he's never going to leave leave us or forsake us even in death that's why i love psalm 23 so much that though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me god is with you in life and he is with you in death let us pray Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for this good word, and your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us every day to depend upon you, to want for nothing, to that we will lack for nothing, because we know that you're there and you'll provide for us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Let us trust in you daily. Be let us be refreshed and renewed daily. Let us have a closer walk and relationship with you. Lord, for anyone watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer, dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us this day. Watch over, protect us, and guide us. Lord, let us serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ who are watching this morning. Keep them safe and well. Be, wa- be with them. Watch them, guide them as they're going to work or school. Be with our kids as they're going to work and school. Lord, be with all of those, so many people who are asking for prayers. And Lord, be with every single person I said I'd pray for on the on the uh, social media. Lord, I do pray for Reggie Weems and Tina Weems and their son. Uh, Lord, if you bring healing upon him, I pray that you be with Ginger Hood. I pray that you be with Kim Penix and Larry and Donna Knight and Linda Feathers and so many others, Lord. Lord, be with us and let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, I'm sorry, I just looked down at the time and I went way over this morning, so I apologize. Nothing worse than a long-winded preacher. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Why say it with me? Because one day, it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.